welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life? Like there's more to it, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, self-study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. Hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. Today I talked to Penny Power MBE. What a beautiful, beautiful human being. She was such an inspiration to me as a young female entrepreneur. She's just released her book, Business is Personal, and she's been still through some real mental health challenges. And she's so honest and open and vulnerable in this interview that I know she will empower and inspire you. So I'd love your feedback. Please tag me when you're listening to this interview and let me know what you think. All my love. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me a lady who inspired me from a lot younger, actually. Penny Power, I remember going to your E-Academy events a long, long time ago. And for me, you were a real role model because I could see you making entrepreneurship work. And I remember being empowered and inspired by you. So I feel very grateful to have you on the show today. Goodness me, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank mm. you for saying that. I yeah. do remember it. it was quite a while ago. I, I remember coming to your events in London and they were just incredible. Oh, they were very, very special times. It was a real privilege to, um, you know, sometimes things are about timing, aren't they? And it was a real privilege to have that time, you know, and then be there at that time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm very excited to hear your life story. So if you don't mind just sharing with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you're currently doing in the world. Uh, yeah. So I'm um, a mum of three adult children now, who are 26, 24 and 21, um, happily married, um, entering our 29th year now, live in the south of England. And I joined the IT industry when I was 19. Accidentally, I wanted to go to university I wanted to go into a caring profession actually and mm. um, that's a long story um, and I tried to get into nursing and physiotherapy failed academically and so then was going to do psychology degree needed to leave home I uh, couldn't afford the university so I ended up just temporarily deciding to go and get a job and I did telesales in an IT company um, and that was that was a bit of a baptism of fire for me because I wasn't very commercial um, however 
the industry was really growing from 1983 and, and I had a boss that allowed me to be myself and I did build a very good career. But at 28, I was sales marketing director of quite a large company in quite a male dominated environment. Mm. I decided, you know, now's the time for me to be a mummy. And um, then, you know, back in 1990, it wasn't easy to be a, a mummy and work. Um, it wasn't as flexible as it is now. So I needed to make a decision and I gave up that corporate type career. Uh, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. And uh, I started doing a bit of self-employment. And then Academy that you've just mentioned, mm. it was an idea I came up with when I was 33. So the kids were then, they were five, three and six months old. And it was born out of the idea in 98 that, you know, MySpace and some of the business, some of the social networks that were expanding, there was nothing for business. Right. And I thought, well, I want to create that for business because I know how isolated saw the opportunity. Um, and that's what I started in 1998, which took me in, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur yeah. at that stage. It was, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know, do you? <laughs> You're just driven by purpose. And I was definitely driven by purpose, which is the same purpose I'm still driven by. Um, and uh, we did that for 14 years. Wow. And it was very special. And in my book, I mention in chapter two, being broken. And it came to a quite a tough Tough end after a very tough years of challenge when you're trailblazing something. So e that's, that's enough for everybody to hear at this stage, <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> well, eAcademy was kind of like the the first social networking e for e business. It wasn't eAcademy, sorry, it was e was the first social network for business, like almost pre-LinkedIn and it was yeah. very big in its day, wasn't it? Yeah, and actually um it's it's interesting to see how that sector is now starting to morph towards social. You know, we really believed in the social side of business, be friends first, commerce second. And I think that was what's so special because when you're, you know, when you're lonely and isolated you, and need validation and need friendship and need to have a little bit of a chink of vulnerability, it's hard to constantly display yourself as people tend to on mm. LinkedIn as everything being perfect. And LinkedIn is very much about what you are, but we were very much about who you are. Um, and I remember being on a stage with LinkedIn on one side and Facebook on another in about 2000 and like say seven around then when Facebook launched in 2004, but it wasn't, it was just starting to go into the business market. Um, and, you know, I was saying that we are about social business and LinkedIn was saying we're just about business and Facebook was saying we're just about social and I was sitting in the middle saying well there's a bridge you know there's a really important bridge because we're all human at the end of the day and we have our own personal needs to develop but we're quite unique and I still don't feel I think Facebook for me is starting to to work like that but more in the groups um well, I was going to say it sounds yeah. to me like you're ahead of your time really in a way because I think what we're seeing now with social media is people crying out for that authenticity because people do present themselves online potentially in a one-dimensional, everything's amazing way. And of course, that's not true life. Yeah, it's very shiny, isn't it? And I think it's hard to find that balance because the one thing that I'm really aware of is I never want to intimidate or make anybody feel small when I'm online. And of course, when you share pictures of things you're doing, it can just be a trigger for somebody who's not feeling so good about themselves to feel very small. And I think there's a real balance. Um, 
about how you do that because it's not fair to do that to people. And I don't think anybody really wants to do that to someone. They're not actually thinking about the person that's seeing the post. And what's been really fascinating when I started to open up more um, over the last year is, is how many people are so relieved that, um, see, I'm in this situation where I look shiny and I look successful online. And of course, I've been around a long time, a bit of an old dog. And um, people, have a, people create perceptions. And therefore, if there's a perception that I'm a B or C level entrepreneur, whatever it is, I mean, I'm not up there with the big guys, but, and I can open up a bit more about my pain, my vulnerabilities, my character flaws that have made business challenging for me, things I've had to learn, then maybe it gives permission people inside to not feel quite like they're not, um, that they're substandard. And I think there's a real fear that we can often feel substandard. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's such a refreshing conversation to be in because life is such, whether, you know, like you said, on the outside, obviously, uh, MBE, obviously been really recognized for what you've done, but we're all human beings. You know, we're all going through stuff. We're all here to grow. So if we can be open about the challenges we face and we can help others grow and not necessarily have to go as deep or rock bottom as we've gone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think people that read my book, some will identify because they've been broken and they've got their challenges. Some will be just desperate to avoid them and learn. I mean, there's things that I share that if I had known about myself 20 years ago, I think I could have taken a, an easier path, um, particularly around handling particular situations and people. So, um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I, I'm a real advocate of social media, but I think I'm a very big advocate of people and relationships and proper engagement and conversation. So, I know that everybody wants to automate, everybody wants process, everybody wants to be hyper-efficient. But I just had a, an experience this morning. So it's so exciting selling, selling something. It's a long time because I built two businesses and I was a little bit hands-off from the actual ting of a till. You know, it was invoices sent out with other people and I would see a P&L, a profit and loss sheet. Now I've built my personal brand around my website and I'm I'm working in a different way at the moment, obviously, and it's a, and I've been setting up e-commerce and my own website and learning e-commerce, and I haven't delegated a huge amount. Somebody set it up for me, in fact, um, a company called Power Nomads, and and that's been great. But I've actually got the ting on my phone through we, WooCommerce of somebody ordering a book right. from my website. And this morning, Thomas and I were lying in bed, and the ting went off, and you you would think that you know we just won the lottery. We were so excited. And I took a photograph of me signing the book and I, where I live, the postman's so personal, he took it from me and I've taken a photograph of the postman actually taking it out of my hands and sent it to the person that's ordered it so that they can see it's on the way. And I, of course, I'm not going to always be able to do that, but I don't want to look that I've put, I don't want to create processes that puts me between um, the person who's been kind enough to show an interest in me and 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 myself i i just don't want to be that type of business person and i think that's the thing we we can automate so much that we actually forget that we want to help people and engage with people and mm. enjoy that part of our business and instead we're spending our time just looking at processes and tasks and mm. i think it's this it's so personal and we get carried away and 
we go online and compare and despair, which is a proper psychological term. Uh, and we think, oh God, I'm not doing that process. And oh, I'm not that clever. And I didn't apply to that award. And I didn't do that. And I wasn't speaking at that event. And I'm not this and I'm not that. And we just have to go back into ourselves and think about what is the life that you really want? What is it that makes you happy? Mm. Not what is it that's making other people happy? And maybe it's not even making other people happy being like that. Mm, you know, small is beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. I'm, and we're all on our I, own mission. I don't want to be we? large and impersonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is what you share and this is the purpose of your show. It's, you know, when we're actually deeply in our purpose, live our purpose. Don't live a commercialized, automated, unfriendly, untouchable world. Or someone else's. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me about the inspiration. Tell me about the inspiration because obviously the book has just come out, Business is Personal. And I had a look through your Instagram and what I really liked was you were, you seem to be so open and, and vulnerable about some of the things you've gone through. Like I know, obviously, um, Academy went through a huge transition because obviously it, it peaked almost. And then I'd love to know what inspired you to share that journey with people, because it sounds like I haven't read it. I'm dying to read it, but it sounds like it was a very vulnerable book that you've put out in the world. I've I've certainly chosen to be vulnerable. Um, And I think some people might say you're a wimp. Others might identify with it. I haven't wanted the book to be an autobiography, but I think in the same way that I do online and when I've been speaking, if I'm myself, then it gives other people permission to be themselves. So I've, I call myself a torchbearer in the book because I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a highly trained um, person around the mind. Um, I'm pretty intuitive and I've coached a lot of people over the years and helped a lot of people. Um, but I used experts to put me back together. So that's important. And I want to shine a light, like I've always shown, shone a light on skills of other digital people. And I, I want to shine a light on the experts, people like you that want to help people. The, and, and, and on my, on my blog, that's what I'm doing. Um, you know, highlighting, I'll highlight your podcast. I'll, in the book, I've said, if you are an expert and some of these things are things you can help me with, send me links to your content. And I'll put that in a blog, which is all about resources around my book. So what was the catalyst? So uh, first of all, um, there was a lovely, there's a lovely saying by Lao Tzu, who in 601 BC, a philosopher, L-A-O-T-Z-U, some people might have heard of him. And he Mm. said, to be whole, first allow yourself to be broken. Mm. And um, I think I heard that quite a long time ago, and it didn't really deeply resonate with me, but I thought that's a lovely saying. Anybody listening to you now will know whether or not that means something to them. Um, and after Academy, which the ultimate end to Academy was, you know, we weren't disrupted by technology. We were disrupted by business model. LinkedIn raised $330 million. Um, we were a small business working very hard, working very intimately with our members, and we charged a subscription. And the reason we did that was that was our business model. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very early for software as a service, but people mm-hmm. were paying it across the world. And it was enough to make sure that we didn't sell your data, fill it with advertising. Um, and when LinkedIn raised their money, they yeah. raised $330 million and they were free. And ultimately, 
Facebook then came and then Twitter and everybody was saying, well, why are you paying? Why are we charging? Why, why do we? So we had to create a model that was from free to premium, which is the freemium model that everybody now needs to learn. Um, but actually turning a ship, a big ship mm. of, around with costs in it, it takes time. So we went to a bank because by now we'd already given up our house. We didn't have a lot of leverage financially. Um, um, we found enough ways to um, create debt in our personal life so we didn't have to take a salary, pay other people. Um, through our, we were paying people through our own means, um, taking on more and more credit cards. But when we realized we had to do a really massive shift, we went to a bank and in 2008 and said, could we borrow um, 250,000 pounds over five years? And that would be enough to enable us to look at the code and do a few changes that needed to happen. There were sacrifices that we couldn't make. We had to pay somebody. Mm. Um, and that was going well. And, and then in 2011, not without massive stress going on in our lives, working incredibly hard, keeping, uh, keeping our members happy. Um, they were all over the world, expectations. We didn't want anybody in the membership to realize the pain that we were going through because it wasn't about us, it was about them. Anyway, in 2011, three years in, the bank during the banking crisis, and many banks were doing this, needed to improve their balance sheet Mm. And they called in they a lot of loan, loan. yeah, right. with two years still left to run. Wow. So we couldn't put our hands on money, our own personal money to do that, pay that loan off. So we then trolled around. We had 30 days. They gave us 30 days or they were going to take the business. Um, wow. And um, we had 30 days to try and save it. And we, we had to meet with the most revolting creatures on earth who love to buy distressed businesses and treat you like you are a piece of shit on their shoes. Mm. Um, and that in itself was very painful. Mm. And in the end, we did, we did sell the business for a pound. Um, it's like selling it's a ridiculous metaphor because obviously we love our children, but it's, it's like selling a child. Yeah, of course. There's so them. much emotion for us mm. and, it, and, and also our own self-worth and esteem and everything was linked to it so much. Um, and that, then it went, um, and that, so that's the story. So it took me, mm. when we're in scarcity, you don't, you can't give up. And when mm. you have a dream of a life of your purpose, that's then become snatched away from you. That was so beautiful. You don't give up. And so we then kept going literally day after that, we just kept going, just kept going, putting the smile on your face, getting out of bed, thinking, ouch, this hurts, but just putting any of the pain away. And, and then on top of that, there were a lot of personal challenges that happened in our family. My niece five years ago died very suddenly and she was like the first baby in my life that mattered so much to me. My sister's daughter, my mother had dementia. My brother died of pancreatic cancer. And then my beautiful daughter, um, uh, got abducted and taken in, dragged into a car and raped. And all of this was, Oh my God. And I was putting oxygen on people, as we all do. All the listeners will know this. So you're financially working very hard. And at the same time, in the second business that I had um, found investors in Digital Youth Academy, which was to create a digital marketing apprenticeship and take that around the country to help young people into work and help small business go digital. The investors there were not like me. They were fine people. They'd taken a risk, but they were quite controlling and my resilience was low enough, my self-esteem, my self-worth, yeah. my energy was low enough for me to be wow. over-controlled by them. But I kept going. And so it wasn't until the 30th of November, 2017, 
that um, I actually had a hallucination while delivering a workshop where I went into this workshop, engaged with everybody, teaching them how to build their personal brand, etc. Um, but everybody's faces in front of me started morphing into the trolls that I'd had from my past, like a horror movie. And it was really scary, but because these people had paid this client to be there and I needed this money from this client and I wanted to respect the time of these people that traveled a long way, I needed to keep going. And it was the most terrifying experience of my life. So I took myself to hospital that night thinking I'd had a stroke or something. And they did all these neurological tests and they then told me that there's something else going on. You need to see your doctor. And on the 1st of December, I went into my doctor and because I'd been going in and out buying HR, you know, getting my HRT or bits and pieces over the previous six years, she knew what had been going on in my life. Mm. And um, she said, we've kind of been waiting for you. So on the 1st of December, I chose voluntarily to break and use that beautiful phrase by Lao Tzu, um, to be whole, first allow yourself to break. And I just last year put my pieces back together, but it was such a fascinating experience. Because and would you call it a mental... Would you call it a, a um, and because I've personally I've had a nervous breakdown. So right, oh that's oh that's God, I hate the thought of glossing past that. I would I'd love to talk to you about that, but um, I know it's not about you today. But I feel for you if you have. Um, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. I would need to sit down with you with a glass mm. of wine and chat to find out whether it was a mental breakdown because I could still function, and I did still function, but. Um, what I was diagnosed with in the end was PTSD because I had 12 things at the front of my head when I went into the psychologist that I could talk about that were hurting me. And she said, if you've not um, taken those into your long-term memory and they're still right there, then you're still traumatized by them. Mm. So I had PTSD, but I also had a form of depression called the curse of the strong, which I talk about in my book, which is there's two types of depressions and Dr. Tim Kavanagh talks about this. He's a, a psychologist. Uh, he's a book called The Curse of the Strong on Amazon you can get. And it's a type of the type that never gives up. So it's not the type of depression that keeps you in bed and you can't be bothered to even buy a birthday card for someone. It's the type that just is so self-abusive. You just never give up. And eventually... I think you would explode. And I think I had this lovely warning signal. And by now, my daughter was just, who's just phenomenal. And the person I want to be when I grow up had, had really embraced therapy and had now gone to live in Bali and start her own business and be an entrepreneur. And she comes back to live here on the 28th of February this year, which is a joy for me. She's incredible. She was, she was just incredible. My mother's had passed with her dementia. My sister was healing in her own way that you can. Everybody's pain that I wanted to help with and rescue was recovered. And it now was my time. Mm. It was my time. Mm. And my husband was beautiful about it. And, um, but you know, I, I tell you what I did. I'm an entrepreneur, which means I have this creative push, push, push attitude of create an asset and the income will follow. Yeah. And that is a very different mindset to what I would call a small business that says, each day I will focus on income. And so for me, I have two parts to me. I'm an entrepreneur who wants to build scalable impact businesses and self-sacrifice in order to see, see a bigger picture and have bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And then there's a side of me that's a small business that loves to speak, loves to coach, loves to support. And that's where it drives income. 
Mm. And I, last year I went into small business mode. So I didn't stop working, but I stopped pushing and I did things more on my terms. So I didn't do as many free speeches. I learned how to value myself. I learned how to say no when something's not right. I learned how to make sure that people paid me for all the support I could give them. And I honored myself. And, and, and in doing that, during that whole year, everything I learned, I put into my book because I thought how many other people are like me out there. There's nothing extraordinary mm. about me. There's just stuff that I could share Your that earth could help others. You sound to me like you're very much of an earth energy. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. Like- yeah. Tell, oh. tell us more about that. <laughs> well, Earth energy is is um, very grounded, very understanding. You're you feel and you sense other people's emotions. You come from mm. a place of you want to understand and you like to be understood. But boundaries mm-hmm. can be difficult with Earth energies because, well, um, yeah. Gosh, Kitty, that's fantastic. I mean, my great friend Liz L I S Cashin is a coach and I'd known her years from Academy and she and I went for a long walk just at the start of this process. And what I discovered is that one of an overdone strengths of an entrepreneur is independence. When it's overdone, you never ask for help and you don't mm. even see the help that's staring you in the face. Mm. And Liz took me on a walk and taught me about boundaries. Mm. And I think that was one of, I talk about her in my book, I call her my uh, an earth angel and there were other earth angels. Cause in my book, I talk about your whole self and I shine a light on, your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize spiritual was about your soul. I didn't Mm. think about that, who you deeply are. And I, I had to learn that. And in fact, you know, I have different expressions of that now. Uh, You know, I do go to church now because my church is a beautiful, loving, harmonious, caring, huggable place. And Mm. I go there, I don't know whether I've truly found God and, but I'm finding a faith in people and I'm rebuilding trust and, so Liz taught me about boundaries. And I think if we don't understand how to build our boundaries, we do an overdone strength of many people that are on purpose is their desire to care and help others, mm. and love others unconditionally. And if it's misapplied or stretched, it then becomes abusive on, its, on yourself. Mm. And these are all about the boundaries, as you say. So that's mm. a really insightful thing to say. Mm. So um, the book sounds amazing. And thank you so much for your authenticity and taking a stand for other people because I know by reading this book you know people will hopefully not have to reach as you know reach rock bottom like it sounds like you did um so thank you for for being so authentic thank you um but tell me about tell me about the book like who who is this book for so I sat and the first thing I did was write, because I think when you blog or when you do your podcast, anything like this, you always think about who's, who's going, who am I going to help? Mm. And so that person was somebody like me, really, a male or female, um, who, you know, maybe is an accidental entrepreneur. You know, there's some people that have been through university, gone to MBAs, always known they wanted to build a big grand business and have those broad shoulders and a sense of personal desire for success. And, and they become amazing entrepreneurs. Others of us are different, you know, and we have to learn new skills, learn how to connect, learn how to build a brand, learn how to sell, learn how to um, protect yourself. And um, so it's, it's for the self-employed, the startup, and also the business owner, owner that's maybe stumbling. You know, I talk about unrequited success. 
you know, like unrequited love. We can feel that we've done so much. Why have I not achieved Mm -hmm. the success Mm. that I should have in life? And we have to rethink our values and understand what stage we are in life. I mean, I'm 54 now. My children and my marriage has been important to me and I've poured myself into that. But, you know, they're independent and strong. And a lot of my, when, when I had this empty nest last year for the first time when Hannah went to Bali and Ross moved to London and, and TJ moved to um, Exeter, I experienced the pain that we all experience. You know, some people say, friends of mine who don't work say, well, how can you feel an empty mess when you work? And I say, well, I've defined myself so much by my children and their need of me. And I was Googling all the time um, how to get over an empty nest. And then I one day Googled how to let go of your children. Hmm. And there was a brilliant woman in America wrote a blog, and it was that you move from being a manager consultant. What a great analogy. And I thought, well, I'm a consultant now, but that means a consultant can have their own life. Hmm. And um, so now at 54, I think if I see my life in three stages pre children, children, I'm always going to be a mummy. I'm always going to be there for them at the drop of a hat. But now, Hopefully I've got 30 years to, ha- to live my life with now this renewed side to me. And, and that saying, it makes me quite tearful, but that saying to be whole first, you have to break. Mm. I swear to you, nothing has changed in my life. The pain is more lodged in my long term because of these clever psychologists that I work with and the group therapy. But n- my financial situation, nothing has changed. Nothing has really changed. Those pains have still happened to me, but I am more whole than I've ever been. I am put my pieces back together. And that Japanese saying of, you know, when they repair a vase, you know, you mm. see that on Instagram, they paint the cracks with gold leaf and it makes it more valuable. I am more valuable. I value myself now. And, and that means I think the next 30 years will be very different for me. Mm, fantastic. Really beautiful. I, I, I can concur. I think sometimes when we, you know, I know from my own experience of completely literally falling apart I wouldn't change it for the world because it's given me a real insight Mm. and a a real passion to serve others I think so we can help others through that situation and we can have that empathy that we wouldn't necessarily have had before if it hadn't have happened to us exactly I mean one thing that I want to say is that people think mental health is um, a, a, a bad thing right? They think, oh my God, you must have bipolar, massive depression, anxiety. To me, it's not any different to physical health. If you got out of bed and you, your ankle was hurting and it carried on hurting for a few weeks and you mm. limped through life, mm. you would say, I need to sort out this limp. Mm. You could carry on working with a limp. You could carry on functioning. You could still put a smile on your face with a limp. But if it's there, get rid of it mm. because it, it, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be so dramatic. Mm that um, you completely break down before you go and reach into these experts and just heal parts of yourself. And people have been sending me messages that have listened to my book on Audible or, or, print, or, written, or read the print version now, but it only went out this week. But I'm surprised some people have absorbed themselves in it very quickly. And they're saying, I'm going to go and get help. And that's just such a blessing, such a blessing, because I know how happy they're going to be. And they could have carried on just having that chink of unhappiness. And, mm. 
life's too short for that. And we, I think I'm so pleased that these conversations are so much more open now yeah. because, you know, I've, I've got a female side of my family. I've got generations of bipolar, depression, right. lithium. And, you know, I've watched in my own family where it's even been difficult for people to discuss it with their own family, you know. And so that's one of my missions is to really no, open up. Brilliant. Yeah. Because we shouldn't suffer in silence and we don't need to. And I think, I think, you know, they say one in four people suffer with depression. I, I say it's got to be more, got to be higher than that, because at some stage, all of us are going to feel disconnected, you know, from ourselves. Um, and we, I always think it's quite ironic because we exercise our bodies, you know, we brush our teeth, but what do we do for our mind? Yeah, no, exactly. You know, and so I have to say meditation has been big for me. Because yeah, well, well done you. I'm still on a journey of that. I'm still like, um, what's it on Eat, Pray, Love when she's trying to learn to meditate in this voice. I like the sound of mindfulness. I think that's the bit that will work for me. But uh, it's very good you've learned that skill. Mm. Do you know, my daughter, who obviously has been through a huge trauma, um, she just um, she, she just actually is grateful. Isn't that weird? Yeah, for What beautiful. happened to her? Oh, okay, she, yeah. Because she says that I would, I don't know when in life I would have self-explored and gone through the self-awareness and redefined what I want out of life if it hadn't been for this. And so the wow. quicker we do it, the better our life is going to be. Absolutely. And I think the quicker we can find meaning actually in yeah. our, in our, what would I say, our, our rougher patches, you know, mm. the quicker we can move through those as well. And, and yeah. yeah, wonderful. Oh, well, I have to say, I'm very excited to read the book. Thank you. And where can people find it? Um, well, the, it's on Amazon, which is fantastic. And I know there's um, always a lot of hype. Let's get to number one. But I haven't done that because I don't want to burn fast. You know, I want to, I want it to filter out. It's got years of, years of use, hopefully, this book. So it's on there. But anybody who wants to go to my website and order it and I'll sign it, um, it's on um, pennypower.co.uk. Um, but on Amazon, it is an ebook as well and an audio. I, I went into a studio and did the, oh, wow, cool. the audible version. So um, if anybody can bear my voice, um, I worked very hard in that studio, I have to say. It was not an easy task, but hopefully um, I'm getting some nice feedback. So I know Audible's quite useful. So those can all be got on Amazon. Yes, it's great, isn't it, to be able to listen. I think when we're walking the dog or on a train. Exactly, or, or cooking or in the car. Yeah. Absolutely. I just hope people feel that I'm by their side, really, because sometimes you need someone holding your hand, don't they, when they're reading it. Do you know, Penny, I have to tell you how beautiful you are, like your energy and how you come across and who you are and just what you stand for, I just think is fantastic. So I know, I haven't even read the book, but I I can see why it's getting such an amazing reaction because I can see it all come through. Thank you. Well, I hope I can shine a light for people to find you as well, Kitty, because I, I love your energy. So I hope um, people come to you for for your inspiration as well. And that course, the online course you're doing sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you know yourself, We when we have that kind of inner sense of fulfillment that comes from our purpose, you know, it, it's something that money just can't buy, you yeah. know, so I'm, yeah. I'm very in, inspired to inspire others, put it that yeah. way. Well, <laughs> I can imagine you do it fantastically. <laughs> And what's next for you, Penny? Just before I let you go, what what is it? That... Um, well, I'm launching a mastermind group, which we used to do with the Academy and I loved it. And I do believe, I mean, Academy had 5,000 offline events and we had mastermind groups and 
And and my husband and I have really stepped back from doing that over six years for various reasons. So we're launching that. Um, and this year I want to help um, 12 people and help them deeply um, go on a journey. Um, don't know whether that, you know, the following year I'll do more. Um, so that's that. I'm hoping to get more speaking. I need to find speaker agents and try and get my message out that way. So that's going to be a task. I need to find people uh, that will help me find event, you know, go to events and speak. I want to get the message out. Um, and I'm also working on my entrepreneur dream, which is the business cafe. And the business cafe is to have physical cafes in high streets that are just for business people. Um, be a beautiful, mm. you know, it's all designed and ready, a beautiful place to be social together rather than co-working space where you go to work. And I would prefer to sit in a place like that and sit in Starbucks or Cafe Nero or whatever, even though they're lovely places, I'd love to sit amongst other business people and have a coffee. So that's my entrepreneur dream, which I'm getting strong enough now to Yay. get back into that. What a fantastic idea. I love that. It's a really good idea because I think that's the, the bit missing, isn't it? When you go mm. to those hubs, everyone's in their own little world. Yeah, whereas exactly. actually the social aspect yeah. is where you get to connect and see how you can support each other. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, you're kind of a visionary, aren't you? Real visionary or ahead of your time, definitely with your ideas. Oh, yeah, well, that makes it hard. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have trailblazing ideas to fill gaps in the market, but it's hard because you not, you know, investors particularly find it very hard to um, identify with things like that. Very few investors are visionaries. Mm, it's, it's, they're nuts and bolts, aren't they? They're all about them kind of financial Yeah, they want return. other people have proved it. They want you to have proved it, you know. Mm. You know, LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman was on our platform and, and and I'm pretty certain he used our example for those investors. You know, we did the we did the push. Yeah. You know, he was then able it's it's not always easy to be the first to market. No, sure. It really Absolutely. isn't. So but for some reason I keep putting myself through that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show today and being so open and so vulnerable and sharing your story. And I know the book is going to empower and inspire so many people. So we will have all the details in the show notes where you can connect with Penny. She's on Instagram. What's your website, Penny? Pennypower.co.uk. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, just, you know, wherever. Fantastic. And it's been a real pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation. And you, and you. Thank you very much for interviewing me. <laughs> and we will see you next time with another amazing guest on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. Isn't she just a gorgeous, gorgeous woman? Like, I just was so touched with her authenticity and... She really wants to serve and help other people and that comes across so much. So I really hope that you enjoyed listening to her life story and we will see you next week with another amazing guest on Kitty Talks. Thank you so much for listening to the Kitty Talks podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode and I too hope you were inspired to take action towards your dream life. You know, all it takes is aligned daily action towards your dreams and they will come to fruition. They will be created. You are an energetic being and you're more powerful than you've ever been taught. If you want some help and support, come and join us. Doyourdharma.co.uk. Apply now. We're taking applications and we're going to help you, support you creating the dream life. This is why you came. <laughs>